Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to another edition of Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete. And I'm Sheila. And what we're we talking about today, Pete? Well, today I thought I'd answer the question, what type of stamps do you want in your collection? Once you've decided that you want to collect a certain country stamp or a certain era of stamps or, or maybe a theme of stamps, what actual physical stamps do you want? Do you want to collect mint stamps? Do you want to collect used stamps? Do we want to collect envelopes with stamps on? Pete, can you just remind us what you mean by mint stamps, please? A mint stamp is one that has not been through the postal system. Okay. It's never been used. Are those stamps, in theory, more valuable than ones that have been through? Generally, yes, they are. But as we discovered last week with the UPU set, that particular set, the used ones, are worth more mint. But as a general rule, mint stamps are worth more than used stamps, yes. So, and it may sound a simple question, mint used envelopes, that's it. But it's actually quite a lot more complicated than that. But start with the simple bit first. Mint or used, it's entirely up to you. That's the whole thing about this whole topic. It's entirely up to you what you collect. The point of today is to give you some options, really, for you to decide. Collecting mint stamps, you get a pristine stamp as it came out of the post office. You get to see the whole stamp clearly. There's no blemishes on it. There's no ugly postmarks covering up half the stamp. And in theory, it's in the same condition as the day it left the post office. And with you stamps, then you get one that's been through the postal system and maybe has something interesting in in the postmark. But if we look at mint stamps to start with, uh, its basic idea, you collect one of each mint stamp of the country or the theme or whatever it is you're collecting. But with those mint stamps, you've got the option, do you want one that's been mounted before or do you want an unmounted mint stamp? And what that means is a mounted stamp has been mounted into an album using a hinge. So on the back of the stamp, there will be some marks. At its best, there'll be a bit of a disturbance on the stamp glue. But at its worst, there could be three or four hinges stuck on top of each other that you can't remove without damaging the stamp. The mounted mint stamps are obviously cheaper than the mint never hinge stamps. And like most people, when you mount them into an album, you only ever look at the front of the stamp. And there is no difference on the front of the stamp between the mounted mint and the mint not hinge. So in that respect, mounted mint would save you money. But there is an appeal to an unmounted mint stamp that's never had any damage done to it. It's exactly the same as it was when it came from the post office. So unmounted mint or mint not hinged stamps are more popular and therefore slightly more expensive. Having made the decision whether you wanted mounted mint or mint not hinged, you can then start to look further afield. You can buy them in pairs of stamps rather than just a single one that's on its own. Or... A group of four, group of six, group of eight, 
I actually collect blocks of four because in my view it looks a block of four of the same stamp just looks somehow nicer than a single stamp on its own. It's certainly a personal thing but collecting in blocks of four is quite a popular pastime so that's one you could look at. A further thing you could look to collect when a sheet of stamps is printed there's always a margin around the outside. This is because you cannot print right up to the edge of the stamp. So there's a white border all the way around the outside. If you get a stamp with part of that border still attached, it's worth slightly more. It's slightly rarer because there aren't so many of them. So therefore it's worth slightly more. And that's something that people collect. And as I said, on a sheet of stamps, there's a border all the way around the outside. Generally, along the bottom somewhere, the printer will write the company name. And if you can get a block of stamps with the margin with the printer's name on it, again, that's more popular and more people like to click them. And that particular type of stamp is known as an imprint block. Just a quick question about that. Say, for example, if someone is starting out, could they actually go to the post office and buy a sheet of stamps? Or is everything in little books now? As far as I know, you can still buy sheets of stamps, yes. And that is one area of collecting. You can actually collect whole sheets of stamps. So yes, you can go and buy a whole sheet of stamps and then break it up into these blocks as I'm, as I'm talking about or keep the whole sheet. And a sheet of stamp, as I said, people do collect stamps in sheets. The problem with collecting a sheet of stamps is it's generally bigger than an A4 size. And so it makes it difficult to store and difficult to display. But it, it is something people collect and it, you know, a whole sheet of stamps does look nice. Whilst we're still on the whole sheet, as well as having the printer's name along the bottom, quite often they will have the plate number as well. What happens when stamps are printed? Over time, the plate can wear out. So they have to replace that plate with a new one. For identification purposes, they will mark each sheet with the number of the plate that was used. So you can also collect blocks of stamps with the margin that's got the plate number in it. That's another popular area. And the final area in, with mint stamps is a lot of the more modern stamps are printed in several colours. And what printers did is along the side, in one of the margins, they would put a blob of the colour that was used, either a circle, a square, or just a line of each of the colours. And the way stamps are printed each colour is printed separately. So all the sheets will go through the printing press to print the red, for example. And then once the red's printed, they will come back and then all the blue gets printed. And then once the blues come back, they will go through and all the yellow, for example, is printed. And by putting a little colour at the side, quite often a little circle at the side with the colour in it, it's easy to check that the sheet has been through all the colour processes. Because if the stamp is made up of four different colours, you need to see four little circles of colour on the side of the sheet. If you've only got three, you know it's missed one of the colour runs. So either you destroy that sheet or you put it through again. And funnily enough, because they're generally circles of colour, they're known as traffic lights. So you can collect what's termed traffic light blocks, which is a block of stamps that has all the colour dots down in the margin. Again, it's a little extra rather than just collecting a single stamp on its own. But it is an option. The next bit we move on to is the used stamps. And a used stamp is a used stamp is a used stamp, I hear you say. But that's not necessarily the case. And in some cases you need to be careful. 
There are a whole bunch of stamps produced particularly from the 1960s onwards when post offices, postal services recognised that they could make money out of stamp collectors. And what they would do was cancel the stamp in the post office. So it hadn't actually been through the postal service. It had a postage cancel on the stamp. There's two ways you can usually tell these. One, the stamp has probably still got the glue on the back, so it could be affixed to an envelope. And two, they are generally nice little neat cancels where they would get the circular date stamp, which is the most common method of cancelling a stamp, would cover the four corners of a block of four. So you would have a, a quarter of a circle in the bottom corner of one stamp and in the top corner of another stamp. And cancel to order stamps are, although they appear to be used, they're generally not as sought after as postally used stamps and will be worth less. So you need to look out for these. If the postmark looks too neat and tidy, then it's quite possible it was cancelled to order. I actually quite like them because it's a nice, neat cancel, but the philatelists would prefer one that's actually been through the postal system. Okay, so I've got a couple of questions about this. So this was back in the 1960s this started? It started. It's still going on now. Okay, so in theory, you can go into the post office buy a, black, a block of four stamps and ask them to... To cancel it. For cancel you. it. Yeah. So you pay for the stamps, you ask them to cancel it. Is there a charge for doing that? Depends how well you know the cashier, I think, is the answer to that. There are a lot of countries cancel whole sheets in advance. They will produce a stamp. They know that they can't possibly sell that many stamps to be used in the postal system. Quite often these are small countries and they're using it to raise revenue for the country. So they produce thousands and thousands of a particular stamp. They will sell half of them mint and the other half they will actually cancel all the whole sheet of stamps and then sell them already cancelled. And there's probably only a few hundred that have actually gone through the postal system. The rest have just been cancelled. But this, the whole purpose of these getting stamps cancelled is for stamp collectors. There's no yes. other... There's no other reason for it at all. It's purely as a, an extra way of raising income. And would the stamps have the name of the actual post office or the city or...? Yeah, generally a normal cancellation would be used. And a normal cancellation includes the name of the city, the date it was done on, sometimes the time it was done as well. It would be readily identified, but a lot of countries are willing to accept that, as I said, because it's extra revenue. Well, never knew about this, and I'm so going to try this next time I'm in the UK. <laughs> it's a little challenge. A, a challenge, challenge for you, yes, yes. Okay, so that's the cancel to order. And you will often see in the catalogues CTO, which stands for cancel to order. And that's what these are. They've been pre-cancelled. One example that springs to mind is the independent set of Ghana. Originally, it was called the Gold Coast, and when they became independent and changed their name to Ghana, the old Gold Coast stamps were overprinted with an inscription to say the date and the independence. And by the time Ghana got around to producing their own stamps, there were still loads of these old Gold Coast mint stamps not sold. So rather than destroy them, they cancelled a load of them to order and sold them to to philatelists to um, try and raise a bit of money. But they're certainly not the only country that have done that, and countries are still doing it now. One other thing with used stamps, the quality of the cancellation is, is important. 
if you've just got a black smudge smeared across the stamp, then one, it doesn't look very nice. But two, there is a possibility that it's actually a forgery. Because as I said, when it goes through the postal system, it should be cancelled with what's known as a, a circular date stamp. And as I just explained, that's a circular cancellation with the name, either the country or the town of the, the post office, and a date in it. Now, the unscrupulous collectors will often make up some printing implement to make it look as though the stamp has been used, particularly if it's worth more use than it is mint. And so uh, you need to be careful of what the cancellation looks like. It's not always possible to tell, and often genuine stamps do have just smudges. You know, if, if the cashier in the post office is really busy and, and he's doing 15 at a time, and it's quite easy not to do one clearly. So they're not always forgeries, but just be aware that they could be. So in theory, you buy some stamps, you put it on your envelope, you put it in the post box. When those letters get to the sorting office, they, back in the day, would have been hand-stamped on the stamp, whereas now it's all done electronically. Yeah, initially it would have been hand-stamped. Machine cancellations came in quite surprisingly early. Early 20th century, 1910-1920, there was already machines that were doing the cancellations by then. But yeah, the nicest ones are where the cashier has stamped it by hand and you've got a nice clear circle on your stamp. It's particularly popular in America, not quite so much here, but there's what they call a a socked-on-the-nose cancel. And what that means is the whole circular date stamp is right in the middle of the stamp. So you can see all the detail of the date stamp. And that is quite a popular collector's item to, to get. So there's more to it than just any old use stamp. And you can go further. Some people go further where you collect the same stamp that has been cancelled in all the different towns of that country. Or I even heard of a case where somebody had the same stamp that was cancelled on every single day of the year. So there are a myriad of ways of collecting new stamps. And we would so like to have a conversation (laughs) with that person. What a brilliant challenge. I read that, and I can't remember where I read it, but it, it was a story from a dealership who bought up a load of collections. And in the middle of this collection was a whole album of just one stamp very neatly laid out and all clearly done. And it took them ages to work out why the person had collected these stamps because they all appeared the same. And it was only after a while that they realised that every single stamp had a different date on it. So in theory, he would have created an envelope, gone to the post office, Mm. posted it to somebody on that day to get the stamp and then would presumably have got them all back. Whether he did it that way or whether it was just painstakingly going through collections upon collections until he found a Do we a know the date. name of this person? No idea, no. Oh my God, we no. need to track this person down. <laughs> yeah, yes, it would be interesting. That would be fascinating to know that story. So, so yes, there's all sorts of different cancellations and there's also special cancellations to commemorate certain events, you know, like the first flight of Concord, there was a special cancellation. There was one to celebrate so many years of HMS victory There was one to celebrate Sir Francis Chichester's return to Portsmouth. There's all sorts of specialty date stamps and that some people like collecting. And that actually moves us on to the final option for collecting, and that's what's termed postal history. Basically, it just means envelopes, more or less, with a special interest. 
Now, they could be first day covers, which we've covered before, and they obviously have a, an interest because they were posted on the very first day that the stamp was used. But there also is commemorative issues like the ones I've just said, like a postmark of the first flight of Concord. And you can specialise in those. There's people that collect first flight envelopes. Often when a plane goes on a postal route, the first time that the post has been carried from Britain to Australia, there was a commemorative cancel made especially for that flight. And you can buy envelopes that are signed by the pilot even in some cases. So people collect first flight covers, which are all the covers from different flights throughout the world. And I should imagine that's pretty limitless, to be honest. The first known postal delivery by by air was actually in India in 1911. And the two towns are only eight kilometres apart, but it was was a a special event to actually carry the post by aeroplane. And it was marked with a, a special postage cancel. And there's a a rather macabre extension of that where people collect covers that have been recovered from crashes. So if the plane has crashed, but some of the post in it was salvaged, the post office will still try and deliver it. However, they will mark the envelope with recovered from crash site because a lot of the time the envelopes have been damaged or even burnt. So yeah, there is a way of collecting that as well, which is a bit strange. Who knew? Who knew such a thing existed? Yeah, there's a whole range of postal history. And one I haven't mentioned, actually, one final one which I will mention is Zeppelin mail. The the Zeppelin airships that flew between early 1900s up to the Second World War carried mail, always carried mail apparently, often up to 12 tonnes of mail on each flight. It wasn't until recently I realised they actually flew across the Atlantic as well. So there were Zeppelin flights that took mail from Germany to America or, or to South America. And these are very popular items to collect and in some cases worth quite a lot of money as well. And they were always stamped with a special stamp to say which Zeppelin it was that was carrying them. So there we have it. There's a whole range of different ways of collecting British stamps or multi-stamps or stamps about birds whether it be mint, whether it be used, whether it be on, on envelopes. The choice is entirely yours, but hopefully you've now got some idea of the options open to you and it will enhance your collecting. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back again next week with another edition of Add That Stamps podcast. Happy collecting! Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and DevCamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.